So uh, God celebrates this gift in the most wonderful way. And just, I think, often, just because, just the laughter, so, I mean, most of us were laughing, it's like, I just saw myself up on the thing there, you know, like two minutes in heaven. Yeah, the laughter was the loudest in that moment, you know, and it's like, and then we have a culture that bombards us. So you watch some Hollywood movie, and, and, and you watch someone, they seem to have a whole bunch of orgasms, there's no body fluids to deal with, they jump up and go and pick the kids up from school, and it's like, that is weird, I don't get that, I'm, I'm obviously subhuman or something. Our culture just lies about sexuality. It's much more real and down to earth than uh, what our culture has made. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. So let me go back to Song of Solomon. And the only time I really go through this whole book and we talk about all the lumps and bumps is like at a family camp or something because what happens, you get so stirred by this gift that you actually don't have to close the meetings in prayer. You just say, go! And everyone just, they're gone to their rooms to just enjoy something of the goodness of God. So... Song of Solomon, let's just read that uh, first little bit again. The Song of Songs, which is Solomon's, and it says, Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine. Your anointing oils are fragrant. Your name is oil poured forth or poured out. Therefore, virgins love you. Draw me after you. Let us run. The king has brought me into his chambers. His chambers is a very, it's his bedroom. It's an intimate place. It talks about secret gardens. And it's just a magnificent book, this to describe a magnificent gift that we've been given. And so we're going to talk a little bit about this. So we need to understand sex is designed by God, so it's, it's good, it's exciting, it's intoxicating, it's living, it's powerful, it's unifying. It's like, it's like every time we make love together, we, we, re, we re, rededicating to each other. We, we reinstituting the covenant that we have made together with each other. It's physical intimacy. It's the deepest spiritual unity a man and a woman can have. It's not, just a, it's not just a physical act. There's a spiritual bonding that goes on. And so what I've seen over the years in counseling is like people who've slept around a whole bunch of times before they knew Christ and all the rest of it, no judgment on them, there's forgiveness for that. But often there's kind of these soul ties that have been tied with someone else that need to be repented of and, and some counseling needs to take place so that those things can off them and they can be set free. Most people think the Bible's messages regarding sexuality, no. And actually that's not true. In fact, in Song of Solomon it only says three times, do not indulge unless it's in marriage. It's the only time it says not to go for it. And so actually scripture is very pro-sexuality, very pro this wonderful gift that we've been given uh, uh, to enjoy each other with. So it's a gift from God. It's not just to be tolerated. I've got to do this. It's to be celebrated. And there'll be different seasons in our life, and we'll get to that in a moment. It's a, it's a union. It's a union of pleasure and play. It's a union of comfort. It's a union of intimacy. It's, it's how you create life. I often watch in the church, I mean, in our church, we have a lot of little kids. And I just think, oh, we had a couple sit behind us a couple of months ago, five little dudes. More product on their hair than I've ever seen on any person. But cool, man, they were cool. And I, I said to you, you know, each one of those five little kids represents a wonderful moment between this mom and dad, celebrating this union, recutting the covenant, and producing prodigy that can change the world for Jesus. Wow, it's, it's much more 
than just some smooching in a couple of minutes like those guys put up there. It helps us fight temptation. It brings glory to God. Listen, a couple of things, man. When you, when you are exhausted because work's been tough and, and it's been hard and things haven't been going well, I'm telling you, this is one of the best medicines to say, babe, I need to be with you. You go and hang out in the bedroom and it's just exhilarating. Ladies, this is one of the greatest ways you can encourage your husband. Say, you, come here. <laughs> Me? Yes, you, now. Ha, 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 ha. If you look at it from a divine perspective in Scripture, it has a transforming effect. It should happen in our bedrooms. And, and this, isn't, this book isn't nerdy. God, God isn't nerdy. Or, or, or embarrassed about this. So, for example, years ago I found, uh, my dad had fought in the Second World War, and I found the marriage book that he used to help with his uh, counseling before he married my mom. And so this was, a, this was the kissing part. It was like, pucker up lips, place on wife, and move head from side to side. <laughs> That's really boring. <laughs> And that's not, I'll read the scripture to you in a minute. Listen, French kissing was not invented by the French. God knew about that a million years ago. How's your kissing? Ask your um, wife to rate you. We've got to study this, and then we've got to apply it to ourselves. Listen, folks, you can't take sexuality and say, like some churches, when they counsel pre-marriage, do pre-marriage counseling, guys, don't worry, we're not going to talk about the sex thing. It'll all just happen naturally. It is the worst counseling you can get because naturally we are totally, completely selfish. And one of the, th- the gifts of sexuality is the husband is there to serve his wife. What do you enjoy, babe? I mean, honestly, if we had time and I stopped you and said, just tell your wife what she thinks she likes. Do you, do, guys, do you know what she likes? Like, for example, I know Una likes her head being rubbed. She likes this. But I've got to time it so well. Because if I rub too long, she falls asleep. And that is definitely not my intention in the moment. Do you know? Do you know things change over the years? Your body's changed. You've had babies, etc., etc. Do you know what the changes are and what your partner likes and what they enjoy? So let me read to you 411. I'll just read you this one little passage. Your lips drip with nectar, my bride. Honey and milk are under your tongue. The fragrance of your garments is like the fragrance of Lebanon. How does he know what's under a tongue? Because, I mean, he's gone in there. I'm not trying to be crass or anything. It's just what the Scripture says. So there's this passionate kissing. So honestly, you, 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 you need to sit and say, Honey, you know, could you give me an estimation, not now in front of everyone, okay, but just could you give me an estimation of what my kissing is like? Well, at best, it's like a wet handshake. Oh, my gosh, we've got some homework to do. When, when are we going to start, you know? Or, or I've heard wives say, yeah, I used to love kissing the guy, but, man, his breath is so stinky nowadays. Have you told him? Wow, he's got such a frail ego. If I told him, he'd jump off a bridge or something. I'll tell him for you. Listen, dude, I'm giving you a big five-gallon thing of toothpaste, some chewing gum, some stuff to goggle with. This will help. Have you asked? Have you checked with each other? 
How often? How long? How passionate? And then the Bible says, Song of Songs says, passion is aroused. Something starts to churn inside of me. Secondly, quickly, touching and caressing. It talks about that in, in chapter 7. And it's outstanding what he says here. I mean, I think when people see us, they th- should think we're still two high school sweethearts because we're just like, in inappropriate ways. And so I, I want to encourage you to be creative. So like you go out to a restaurant and you, like we, we, we had supper with um, the guys last night. And so I could have like put my hand on Yuna's leg and like slipped it up higher than sort of normal in a restaurant and just, you know, a few little signals. <laughs> and the most amazing thing with women, they don't bat an eyelid. They just sit there, cool, cool as a cucumber. They, they log it. Like, ha, 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 this guy's ready to get his socks off. But if Una does that to me, she can slide it, you know, a little higher than you would normally, under the table, no one's seeing, it's appropriate, no one's going to know about I actually will stop talking, like, uh, 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 well, what did you say, Chad? Uh, uh, uh. Men are just different. And to have some of those fun little moments together where you're just saying, babe, you still are one, with the way that you touch and caress each other. I, um, I did a talk similar to this once to a whole bunch of pastors in Australia. And uh, Australia's a little rough. they just rough around the edges, and, and the, all the pastors' wives had dedicated the room with um, uh, all sorts of stuff. It was just really naughty. And uh, so I was talking, before I talked on touching, there's this older couple in front of me. They were in their 70s when this happened. So we're all worshiping. We're going for it. And my eye, I just opened my eyes. This guy's name was Leon. And I noticed him put his hand on his wife's back. And just rubbing. I thought, oh, maybe, you know, she's, her back's a bit sore. And he's rubbing and it went down lower. And he got to her left back's cheek and he went, and then went straight back up again. In the middle of worshiping Jesus. And I thought, yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Sunday worship is going to be a little different here. <laughs> You know, we have to testify to the difference the gospel makes in our bedroom. Then the sexual act takes place, chapter 4, it's the consummation. No restraint is no longer appropriate. And it says in there, eat, friends, drink. And God is pleased. All our senses are involved and God's like celebrating, yes. This is the most wonderful thing. And I, I, I personally believe from Scripture that our, our lovemaking to each other is the same as how we worship God. I find that parallel often in Scripture. I think if you're a single guy, I told my kids this, if you're a single guy or girl, look for someone who worships Jesus passionately, unashamedly. They'll be good lovers. They'll be attentive to you. They'll care for you. And, and, and by all accounts, I think that's what they said they got. Number four, quickly. The wife and husband in Song of Solomon initiates what's going on here. Sometimes it's the man who comes along. And, and I think most men are open for the wife initiating. Maybe that's not a deal nowadays in our culture, in the cultures that we live in. But certainly when we were first married, 
women were just, you know, sort of Victorian culture, were just pressed down. No, she initiates. She says, let's go to the pomegranates. They write. What, what do you do with ripe pomegranates? You eat them. But, I mean, just, you know, what do you, you can have some fun in a pomegranate field. Remember, these people lived as extended families in one house. So it would be like Chad and Jen's house and grandma and grandpa living there from both sides and mom and dad and the in-laws and your brothers moved back from wherever he was and so you got this whole house full of people. What are you going to do? You want to enjoy each other. You want to celebrate this gift. I mean, men, what an angle I'm giving you tonight. Hey, babe, I think we should glorify God tonight. <laughs> I've brushed my teeth, ready to go. Come on, guys, I'm trying to help you. Yeah. <laughs> and there's great abandon, it says in chapter 4. The location. So I know couples. There's two couples I know. I asked them, and I actually asked my kids as I asked them, how's the plumbing going? Is everything okay? So I know two couples, and I, I asked them this. I said, if, if you don't mind me asking you as a young couple, what is your, you know, you, you love Jesus. So the one couple said, anywhere. As long as it's appropriate, as long as I'm not embarrassing my, my partner, and as long as I'm not making a public fool of myself, we, we came to have some fun anywhere. I know of a pastor who got caught. They bought a prop piece of property as a church, and the, him and his wife went to look at it. They're just celebrating what God had done and getting this property. And one thing led to another, and they were having a smoochy time. And a cop arrived and asked them, what are you doing? And he said, I'm the pastor. This is our ground. The cop said, go for it and drove away. <laughs> but I know this one couple. Anywhere, they up for it. But I know another couple exactly the same age, they will say, our home. Anywhere in our home is game for it. In fact, we were sitting at the dining room table. The guy said, in fact, last night on this table. I'm like, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> there, there's different tastes and flavors. You cannot buy Cosmopolitan magazine or Men's Health. And I promise you, folks, I have looked at the, those magazines, not the contents. I just look at the cover. Una can tell you at least the last 15 years. And every time you read it, it'll say, how to have mind-blowing sex. But now, hang on a minute. Three months ago, I already did what you said. My mind's already blown. How do I do it? You know, it's just a lie. Each of us in this room have our own rhythm, our own pace, our own comfort zones. Do not buy into the culture that gives you all these statistics and figures and all the rest of it. Just be who you are. Your rhythm, your pace, how you like to do things, how you enjoy doing things. And now and then push the boundaries just a little bit so that you grow in some of these areas. So husbands, it says in Proverbs, talks about this for... Um, for men looking after their wives. And so when, when you get into this stuff, when there's sexuality going on, you're actually obeying God's command. There's a, there's a saying in Australia that sometimes um, when you make love, if you don't feel like it, just think of England and the Queen. And I don't know why that's saying, but it's true in Australia. And so I went and looked that up, and I found this old commentator on the Song of Solomons that, that lived centuries ago in England. And this is what he said. This unabashed reveling in creatureliness must not be cramped by thoughts that it is all somehow 
beneath our dignity and that we would be better praying than making love. For this is a false dichotomy that must be banished forever. We, we, are not, uh, we, we, we do not need to sanctify uh, an entirely natural uh, act. Sorry, my writing's just small and my eyes are getting bad. We, do, we must be banished forever. We do not need to sanctify an entirely natural act by having simultaneous thoughts about God while in the act of our spouse and in the arms of our spouse. Bouncing buttocks, phallic thrusts, heaving bodies, sighs and moans are all part of the God-given gift and are totally natural. This is a guy who lived over 100 years ago. I, I like this guy. I like his commentary. It glorifies God. It's the last three words of his commentary. Don't do what comes naturally. Put some effort in. It cost, it, it's costly to do that. For men, sometimes it can be embarrassing asking our wives stuff. But we need to say, hey, babe, how can I serve you? Do you need a foot rub tonight? And no dealing. Okay, I'll rub your feet. But then I want something. Back. No, no, just rub her feet. See what happens. If nothing happens, nothing happens. You just serve each other instead of trying to get. We've got to plan a little bit when we start getting more children. You've got to think of that. You've got to have real expectations. I mean, not all, not all sex is going to be dynamic, sweating, and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes it is going to be two minutes. Many times it's going to be two minutes. But make it the best two minutes and... and love each other and enjoy. And listen, folks, I think we, we've got to learn how to have the quickie because life is busy. But if the quickie becomes the only way we're enjoying each other, we're going to lose out on something because I think there's those times when grandma's got the kids, there's no one around, we've got some good food, and we have a meal together of each other, and it's like roast beef, roast potatoes, there's dessert. There's nice wine if, if in your Christian faith you have room for drinking wine or whatever. So when last in your marriage did you have roast beef? Because if we're always doing the quickie, your stamina has dropped. So I want to encourage you. And, and honestly, you and I did this once. We, we'll do anything we encourage people to do. Say for seven days, every day, we're going to make love. First day, no problem, I'm the man. Second day, well, I'm obviously a little tired today. <laughs> But you get the job done. Third day, oh my gosh. Come the end of the week, man, you're walking tall. I've built up some stamina again. We've got away just from the quickie. So I think there are times where we have macaroni and cheese or instant noodles, whichever way you want to look at it. But there's other times when we have roast beef, Yorkshire pudding, desserts. You have nice desserts here in this part of the world. What, what is that part of your life like? What is your stamina like? Enjoy the humorous moments. There's humorous moments. I answered the phone once for some dumb reason. <laughs> and you're like, hello! The kids walk in. Don't freak out. 
funny noises can happen. I've had young couples come to me, panic-stricken, saying, there was this noise. What were we doing? What was that? So now it's just some air got trapped. That's all it is. <laughs> There's no mechanical problems here or anything like that. Guys, do you know where your wife is in her cycle? Menstrual cycle. Do you know in the 28 days where the sweet spot is? I promise you I knew to the second in unicycle. It's day 26. Okay, start exercise. It's time. Because just before a cycle, she would be very interested in having some fun. You know, once the thing hit, man, just forget it. You just don't, you know, I wouldn't go to there anyway during that time. But do you know? And then, man, there's this thing we con women with. It's like, um, it's like uh, you know, if we haven't made love, I'm going to go insane. But actually, your body just reabsorbs. So it's a, it, ladies, it's a trick. Sorry, guys. But I do think we have to be able to go to our wife and say, man, I've had a tough day. I was in a situation. There was a lot of pretty women around, very tempting environment because men see through their eyes. Babe, I need to be with you now. I don't want to be with any of them. I want to be with you. Okay, pots and pans down. Let's go do two minutes. Sorted you out. You happy now, boy? Okay, let's get on with life. There has to be that. Some creativity. So I read this great column years ago, Anne Landers. Only the older people here would know. Do anyone know? Does anyone know who Anne Landers was? Yeah, this great columnist. And uh, we used to get her stuff in uh, South Africa, and uh, I used to read it as a, as a young guy. So the 60-year-old man writes in. He says, my wife has just passed, and I'd like to tell you about some of the memories we made. Often, we would get in the car and drive and find a place to make love. Motels, cheap, crappy hotels, beaches. Goes on and on and on, and then he said this. He said, and vacant houses. They're like, what? And then they'd break into a vacant house, make love. So I taught this in Moorhead. And uh, Sunday morning, we were getting, coming into church, and an older couple, I mean, this lady looks like Miss America, and they're nearly in the 80s. They are the most stunning couple by heart. She came in, she'd been at the little, uh, the little sexuality talk that we did, and she came in, and she walked over to me. I was standing at the front near the pool, and she said, hey, Tom, can I just give you something to add to what you taught yesterday? I said, no, sure. She said, just tell them to take bug spray with. I said, no, you didn't. She said, yes, we did. In their 70s, 80s, went and found a vacant house somewhere in Moorhead and just celebrated each other. Have you got some stories? I'm not talking about craziness to try and be cool and copy a magazine. I'm talking about just some fun together. Husbands, you protect your wife in those moments. She doesn't want to be exposed and, you know. But have you got some stories? You and I... um, had our anniversary, we were living in South Africa, so our kids, very kindly, they brought us some cheese and biscuits, took them down to a beach, put our car down there, so we had this big prayer meeting at church, finished the prayer meeting, went down to the beach, the wine was really, they, they don't really know much about wine, it was so terrible, but the heart they'd given it with, they, we drank it, and then we went round the mountain cliffs, there's this road, so you and I drove, and we stopped just to sit, and just like, you know, what God has done, and we still got each other, it's awesome. And uh, the windows were down, and there was a whale in the water. 
And we and it was like, whew, I feel some animal <laughs> instincts rising up. And honestly, we made, we had an old, old Merc. It was really an old Merc. I'm telling you, that thing had the best shape on it to make good love. And it was, it was so exhilarating because a car would come around the bend and you'd like have to duck down and you know, on the line. <laughs> have you got any moments, guys? And if your home is your deal, go for it. But this gift, once you fire it up again a little bit, make some memories with that. Make some beautiful memories like this guy did. If you're going to get creative, make sure it's in a safe place. But I, I want to encourage you tonight, and we're done, to take this wonderful gift that you serve your wife or your husband with, but it also brings glory to the King of Kings. Push back against the culture that teaches a lot of rubbish and be a church that if anyone asks about its sexuality, you can unashamedly tell them what goes on here and be an example. Because most people outside there, they need the gospel, they need Jesus, but they think we're the most prudish, stuck-up people in the world. And you just got to take them to Song of Solomon and say, hey, come read this book with me. And there's, there's actually tons of great books that interpret this, this book for you if you want to go and read them. There's tons of them out there. Nice ones, healthy ones, not, not silly ones. Now, I know there's probably tons of questions we're not going to be able to get to them tonight. Is this allowed? Is that allowed? Whatever. Chad and Jen will answer all of those questions for you. <laughs> yeah, man, they've got a bunch of kids. They know what's going on here. Talk about it. Always do what you feel at the end is glorifying to God. If you do something and afterwards you feel like, oh, I don't know conscience seems to be uncomfortable, then just lay it aside. Later on, do something else. Just celebrate that. So, that's it. I'm going to pray for you in a minute. And then, um, you want to come up? Yeah, I'm going to come up. Okay. So, there's been a, um, I'm serving us so well. So, cool. Thank you, my friend. Sure. And I have him pray for us, but I, I just want to encourage everybody with a couple of things. Um, one is, I mean, he gave out some categories in the first talk. He talked about friendship, and he talked about calling, and he talked about sexuality. And so each of those particular um, sections of our life, the, the good news of Jesus um, and his death for us and also his mm. life and resurrection mm. power for us is that, like, when he gets into one part of our marriage. So if for you it's friendship and you start to work on your friendship, well, it's going to bleed over and um, help in the area of sexuality and it's going to bleed over mm. in, in the area of calling. So, um, you know, just there's, there's a lot of areas that you could go for. So I'm going to have Tom just pray that the Spirit would just illuminate one thing for you. Mm. Um, is it friendship? Is it calling and purpose? Is it sexuality? Mm. Um, and then just see um, grace applied. There's no amount of brokenness or sin that exists in this world that can't be swallowed yeah. up by the grace and the good news of Jesus. And so we want that to, to be the flavor. Yes, none of us are perfect in yeah. our marriage, um, but we have a wonderful Savior who loves to save us um, each and every day. So I just want you to pray yeah. for that for us, um, yeah. and then you can send us out. Okay, cool. Uh, you don't need that. I got one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Listen, if you're a guest here tonight, thank you for coming, and uh, perhaps you don't know Christ as your Savior. 
we'd love to tell you more about that as well and this wonderful king that has given us all these gifts and purpose in life so let's pray so lord jesus thank you for um thank you for your word so and um, you're such a wise amazing god and uh, this thing called marriage what a gift we see a world that uh, totally disregards it now just looks at the statistics and says it's a waste of time but we thank you lord in you there is healing there's restoration there's purpose there's destiny and it's still your a plan lord jesus we also want to thank you for the single guys in this room your word says that uh, they can serve you at a passion level that's that's greater than married couples and that you give them grace for not being married and so we thank you for them tonight lord they are incredibly important in the life of the church and to your purposes as well and then lord those things that we talked about out of genesis just our purpose and friendship and sexuality the other things we chatted about lord won't you by your spirit in each marriage begin to reveal that i pray holy spirit you reveal that as we converse together that we wouldn't wait for writing on the wall but we'd actually sit down with each other with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and say okay okay let's take what the word says where are we at with this stuff and then holy spirit you come and do that with that which we can't do so build your church lord jesus you promised that i pray that this church would be an example of marriage more and more and more and more we thank you for the leaders here who are married and their example and then lord i pray in the realm of sexuality that we'd be a great great example of biblical truth in that realm i pray lord that each each marriage the sexuality would would be a little different this time next year because we've put in some effort we've learned some things from you and then most of all lord i pray our sexuality would push back the darkness so that your light comes lord let us be example to kids and older people thank you so lord we bless you thank you for the food and the fun we've had tonight in jesus name amen